0: Okay, so I realized like, it's funny when I first started doing this, I had a whole different idea of what I thought this podcast was go- going to be. Um, I thought I was really just going to come on and share stories about like hookups, even if they weren't mine, like hookups that I'd seen other people doing. And like there's stuff that happens like every single day at the gym. If you know where to look, um, not that I'm encouraging you to, you know, to creep or anything like that. Um, but, or creep responsibly. Um, but I, when I started in like the first person that came to mind was Miguel, like really, that was like the catalyst into all of like this kind of like more long storm, long, long form story. And I realized there's so many other like little things that I left out. So my idea, like, I'm going to continue, um, with the long form story that I have been doing, but if you're curious to know like some of the more like smaller stories that don't really play too much into or at least not off the top of my head don't seem to really play too much into like the longer form trajectory of things um let me know let me know if that's something that you're interested in hearing as well I have a ton of hookup stories some of mine some things that I've witnessed um but that was really kind of the idea when it was like Mr. Brooks confesses it was like I've seen this I've seen this and then like I opened my mouth and like the first person that comes to mind is Miguel and then here we are now um so if you're interested in hearing that I think I'm probably going to do that anyway because I think it's interesting and it kind of goes into like my whole my whole purpose but my whole kind of I don't know thesis is the word when I started this which is like I personally believe that like straight men the idea of what a straight man is, is more myth than it is factual. It's more mythical than factual. And I really wanted to dig into this and sort of like air that out a little bit. Um, I know I've spread out a little bit on like Reddit and stuff. I have a Twitter as well too. And I don't really, (laughs) I don't really use it, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's just, it's been a lot of, been very busy and um, getting the podcast out has been a task in itself. So... Um, and I'm focusing on doing that a lot more um but yeah, I do want to kind of really get get into both things. I know both kind of air this subject out, like Miguel, for lack of a better term, is a straight man, Michael is too um who else even junior and and James. James kind of and then you know Amir has been like really like has Amir been like the first like really kind of openly gay man except for Amir wasn't even openly gay he was just he was open with himself of what he liked but he was very discreet like people he worked with that didn't know anything Um, the chef knew but that oh god that's a whole nother story Uh, we'll get to that too But, yeah, I'm curious to know, like, what your thoughts are. Like, I definitely want to continue with this more long-form story. But also, too, I think it's important to air out some of the smaller stories in between. So it's the next day. And I'm kind of high off of my date with Caesar. Like, it was really nice. It was really a lot of fun. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't sexual. Nothing like that, but at the end of the night, the kiss was really nice. I can't I mean it was it was it was it was awesome. It really was awesome. The whole thing was awesome. the setup around it, everything I just it felt good to connect and also too, excuse me, what it really did was it recentered my my motives, my what motivates me to get out of bed every day and do this job. And I realized, like, I'm good at what I do. I like what I do. And I have a passion for helping people. And I realized, like, as much as I had come to terms with, like, you know, I could get terminated or I could get moved to another club or, you know, I could do whatever. It's like, I'm not going to let myself be bullied out of my job. What am I doing? I get up the next morning and I get ready to go to work. And it's early, it's early in the morning, like I, I, I jump up and I'm like, I'm going right now and I get dressed, you know, I shower, I get dressed and I go into work. It's by the way, it's like the sun isn't even like fully up yet. And I usually don't go into work this early I just, I feel drawn into, I feel a new sense of fight in me that is like, nah, you want this job for me? You're going to have to take it from me. And that's like my, that's kind of my attitude going into it. I get into the building um, <laughs> and as soon as I step in, the person at the desk is like, oh, you're back. I'm like, I'm back. And it's a weird feeling. Honestly, and I know that as the day progresses, and as like usually when I come in, it's around nine in the morning. Right now, it's like not quite that early. Um, once I see my the staff that I'm used to seeing, my my team that I'm used to working with on a day to day, not so much the early morning or the the late night um, folks. I know that it's gonna be even more weird when I see my regulars, and I don't care. I know how, I've been in the game long enough, I know how news travels, I know how, um, how, these, how these conversations trickle into a distorted form of the truth. Even though the truth, the situation is built on a lie, that lie will be stretched into all kinds of things, and it's not going to get any better by me staying away from it. So boom, here I am, bright and early, let's do this. And I get in, I sit down at my desk. um, I open up some emails and I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do the computer work right now. I'm not hiding behind my desk. And I go out onto the floor and I decide to talk to some of my members as I clean and do some rounds. I hit the locker rooms, see how they're, you know, holding up. Some of my team members, I can tell, are actually happy to see me. Um, And, but most are. Kind of just like staring. And I am not sure how this conversation, how out of hand this conversation has gotten, but here we are. By the time I, you know, make my first round around the club um, and get back to my desk to start doing some of the um, more admin stuff of my work, I get a soft knock on my door. And it's from the chef. I really should have come up with a name for him instead of calling him the chef but I think there's only going to be real one one real chef to that would even deserve or get a mention so we'll just call him the chef for now and I don't want to slip up and actually say his name. So I'm like come in come in I'm like, I'm super excited to see him um and he's like hey how are you and I said I'm good. I said I'm great actually. And he says you are. And I'm like yeah dude I am. He knows what's going on with me and Amir, and I haven't asked him yet, but I'm feeling very direct today in my communications, um, so I asked him straight up after, you know, we go through some banter. He said, if I know you were going to be in this early, I would have brought you something, but I came in and I brought you something the other day, and they told me that you were taking the week off, or that you were taken off, or I forget what he said, taken off. He said that you had, that you were out, and that you, they didn't know when you'd be back in to the club and I was like yeah some things have gone on here at the club where I just figured it'd be best to keep some distance for a minute and he's like oh I'm like yeah dude he said tell me and so I told him like what's going on he said man welcome to the club this is your rite of passage he said once you become visible these things you're gonna have to get used to these things be very careful on how you carry yourself And of all the advice, of all the consoling that I've had around this issue so far, this has made me feel the most good. I know that he's probably been through something similar. And seeing that he's still standing strong makes me... Anyway, our conversation goes on and I say, so how's Amir? And he looks at me, and I could tell by the way he looks at me, he's not supposed to say much of anything. And I'm like, dude, just tell me. Like, is he okay? And there's a long silence. And he says, he misses you. And I felt two emotions in that moment. I wanted to hold him. But Amir, I wanted to hold him because I miss him too. And I, want, I, I don't like the idea that he's halfway around the world or on the other side of the planet alone doing God knows what. And the other emotion I felt was happiness and hope that he still thinks about me, that he still cares about me. I know it sounds weird, but I feel a mirror with me. I know that he still cares about me. And I have hope that maybe one day we can be back together again. And to know that he still thinks about me means a lot. And I'm holding on to that. <laughs> I don't, I'm holding on to that. Finally, you know, I've been wanting to ask this question for a long time. How do you know Amir and why is Amir talking to you and he won't talk to me? He says, "Um I met Amir at a party. We became intimate. I mean, close, and we've been um close ever since." And I'm like, "Um, hang on a second. What kind of party?" And he looks at me and he smiles. And he says, I'll tell you when you're older. I said, fuck you. You're going to tell me right now. And he says, the kind of party where guys play with other guys. And I'm beside myself. I can't help but smile. And he's like, don't get mad. And I'm like, I'm not mad. I actually, um, I don't know. It's, I think it's funny. I think it's cute, actually, to imagine a mirror at a, Orgy? At an orgy? Imagining, you know, my Amir at an orgy, it's just, I don't know what about it makes me laugh. I can only imagine how sheepish and awkward he must have been there. And I say, wait a minute. Did you guys, did you guys like, and he's like, I'll tell you when you're older. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm not going to tell you much, but what I can do is we're having a party this weekend. If you want to come. And I'm like, um, I don't think, I don't think I, no, I don't think so. He's like, well, tell you what, if you change your mind, call me and I'll put your name on the list. And if you do come, I'll tell you everything you want to know there. The day progresses. You know, I still haven't stopped. I have still haven't gotten over, you know, midday. Sometimes thinking I see Amir coming through the door. A lot of people, I don't want to say dress like him. Nobody dresses quite like my Amir. But a lot of guys, you know, come into the club in their business suits. And for a second, I'm just like, is it him? But it's no. So anyway, the day is going by relatively uneventfully. Even though everywhere I go, there's not one room that I walk out of where I don't hear the whispers, where I don't hear the snickering, where I don't hear... The quaking of rumors, following me. I didn't get to where I got to though by caring too much what people think about me. At least not enough. At least not enough for it to affect my day-to-day behavior. I'll be fine. It's whatever. I actually. No, never mind. That's not important. But anyway, I go through the day, um, and it's cool. It's it's decently cool. Um I know that the person, my accuser is not scheduled to work this day. I have been very 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 careful to keep him on the exact same schedule. Um so that there cannot be any claims made about you know scheduling discriminations or you know uh what do you call that retaliation. Um and he doesn't usually work on Fridays. So It's all good. I can't say that none of the rumors haven't gotten to me. Um, There's only two people, actually a little more than that, but two people that really stand out who haven't really treated me, who I know are on my side. One is my front desk lead, and the other is Auntie Sella who, when I go down to the basement, she's folding towels and less talkative than usual. And she's just folding towels, going about her business. I've never heard her this quiet. Not unless tea is being spilled. I've never seen her this quiet. And I begin to think that maybe, you know, maybe she believes the lies too. Maybe she's keeping me at a distance and it hurts just for a second until she says, you know, Mr. Brooks, the truth will come out, and everybody will know that you are a good man. You just keep smiling and being good. You'll be all right. And I think her, something about her words really stood out to me. It wasn't like, I mean, granted, they must've been like words of wisdom, right? But they just felt like more than that. I don't know, like, I don't know. It just stood out to me in that moment. So night rolls around and I'm back at my place and I'm really thinking about what the chef said. I never agreed to go I told him I'd think about it. But the more I think about it, the more I, like... Listen, I'm all about intimacy. If it's not intimate, to me, the sex is no fun. At least some form of intimacy, even if it's, like, you know, like how me and James first started with the weird sub dom thing going on. Like, even that requires a level of intimacy. It requires... It's not random. It's not anonymous. And so... Going to an orgy doesn't really appeal to me that much. But, I mean, I do like porn. So, this will be just like porn in 3D. And and the chef said, like, you don't have to go in. You don't have to participate. Just go. You know, as long as everybody knows that you're discreet and you're not going to record anything, um, people don't mind that you watch. People actually like having an audience. So, I was like, okay. I, I, I can get with that. And like on a whim, I pull out my phone. Before I can change my mind, I pull out my phone and I text him, I want to (laughs) come. And then he says, oh, really? And I said, yes. I mean, I want to go. And he's like, I know what you meant. And he sends me an address. He says, meet me here tomorrow at such and such time. And I'm going. So Chef texts me the address. I follow it, thinking that this is the location of the party. It's the location of his home. And he lives not too far from where Amir lived. Um, And I ring the doorbell, and he's there. He's like, hey, what's up? And he introduced me. He introduced me to his wife. And I was just like, uh, you would think at this point I would be used to this shit by now. I just wasn't expecting it. But I play it cool, and I try not to look too surprised. And he says, babe, we'll we be back tomorrow. And she's like, okay, cool. And he has a bag with him. And I'm like, I didn't bring, I didn't bring anything. I didn't know this was going to be like a, a sleepover fuck fest type of thing. Like I didn't bring extra clothes with me. Um. And when we're back, when we get into his car, he I, he tells, um, I tell him like, hey, dude, I don't have like extra clothes. I didn't bring anything with me. He's like, dude, I got everything you need. Trust me. It'll be just fine. And we begin to drive, and we drive out to the harbor. And I realized that the location of our party, of this party, is on a yacht. And not just like, you know, there's fishing boats here. There's like all kinds of things. It's actually a nice like little like fisherman's village type of looking place. And when I see the yacht, I'm like, this is where the party is? He's like, yes, you're going to love it. Relax. And I say, I'm relaxed, I'm relaxed, all right? And um, I say, so, (laughs) when were you gonna tell me that you were married? He's like, calm down, dude. Like, my wife knows what I do. She's cool with it. As a matter of fact, she has her thing on the side, her things on the side too. And I'm like, oh, okay. For whatever reason, this actually does relax me a little bit. I like, I like, I like thinking of the chef as being an honest person. And so I'm glad that he wasn't hiding his activities from his wife. It also made me feel a little bit embarrassed because I'm sitting there all smiley while she knows that I'm about to attend an orgy. So we get aboard this ship, the Virginia, and we go through one security checkpoint and they give us these, so they, first thing they do is they take our phones. And after they're done taking our phones, we go to another security checkpoint where they have, like, these care packages. But before they give us those, they, like, mark our hands with, like, this weird pen thingy. And they give us a name. Mine says Gardner. Um, chef says Baker. I'm going to refer to him as Chef because if I start referring to us by our other aliases, then it's just going to get way too confusing. Um, his is Baker. I don't know if that was intentional or what. Mine is Gardner. I I But I noticed that everybody else here has markings on them that are occupations. You know, baker, gardener, plumber. (laughs) This is your name for the entire trip. Don't call me by my name. We don't use names here. Okay, so this is the disclaimer portion. I will not go into any detail about who I saw on this thing, but I will say this, there were a lot of famous men on this thing. A lot of people you would know, a lot of people, I who am not really that that deep in pop culture, Um, there are, sports stars, there are music stars, people from film and television, people from broadcast journalism, all on this thing. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? Not because I don't feel like I belong. I'm starting to feel like this is not a safe place to be in. I definitely would not want to be caught with a phone or any sort of recording device. Um, Yeah. Shortly after that, we are all, all, you know, suited up and ready to go. And the ship takes off. I was hoping it would stay docked in case I needed to make an exit. And even as it's taken off into the water, I'm like, okay, I can still swim back from this distance. I can still swim back from this distance. And then as the shore disappears, I'm like... Just accept it, dude. You're here. I look over at Chef and I say, So, this is how you and Amir met? And he laughs and he says, Yeah. Yeah. He was brought here by a business associate of his. I had been, I've been attending these parties for years and years. And he says that Amir. Invested in his enterprise when it was going under and turned the business around and turned it into a hundred million dollar business. Let's say, oh, and he says, yes. And then I say, so you said if I came, you'd answer my questions. And he just rolls his eyes, like, really, dude? I'm like, I'm just, I just want to know, did you guys ever? And he looks at me and he says, yes, we did. Right here on this yacht. He takes my hand, chef takes my hand and he says, come on, the opening ceremony is about to start. And I'm like, opening ceremony, what the hell? And we go out onto the deck of this ship. And oh my God, there's like placemats or like these really nice looking rugs like laid out And everybody's coming, and they're coming to sit on each of the mats. Um, and then out walks in these robes, all these guys got to be, like, 50. And they line the deck of this ship overlooking the water. And we're all sitting here watching this happen. And there's, like, this palpable tension in the air. Um... And then they take off, like somebody blows a whistle and they take off their hoods on these robes and then they unfasten their robes and it's just like these gorgeous bodied men completely butt naked, standing at attention, lining the edge of this ship. And then there's another sound, like a gong type of sound made and the apparently the MC, the Master of Ceremonies, is being carted in on this, you know, he's got like these naked guys holding on each side of his carriage and they're carrying him down and they carry him straight into the middle of this thing. And he takes off his robe or he takes off, you know, like the hood of his robe and he addresses the crowd and he's given this this introductory speech and all these guys must have done this before because they're all making the right hoorah noises at the right time and I'm just like, this is some weird, kinky shit. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine Amir being into this type of thing. Like, this is the type of thing that would totally freak him out and make him, like, start giggling out of his uncomfortability. Um, And I'm just sitting there holding it together, looking around like this. It's overwhelming, honestly. And then the guy finishes up, and everybody, like, starts to clap and cheer, and it's done. Now comes social hour. The alcohol starts to flow. Um, there's waiters that are serving drinks and food, and everybody is just having a good time. Naked. Most everybody is disrobing. You know, I would say within the first ten minutes after the the end of the opening ceremony, everybody's naked and consuming alcohol. I tell chef to go have fun. Um, There's a pool and I just figure I'll stay up here by the pool for a little bit. And um, curiosity is starting to creep in and I'm wondering, you know, what's going on here? Like, what's everybody doing at this orgy? And so I go inside and I make my way down. (laughs) And the way this thing is set up is there's a long hallway. And there's all these big rooms. And each of the rooms has is just lined with these glass walls, so I can see into everything. And I go by one room. And I see people just kind of in costume. And they're getting like massages. And I see people like riding each other and just like touching all over each other. And it looks, you know, like pretty pretty mild and as I go down the hall it gets more and more intense and more and more intense when I get to the end of the hall I see people doing things to each other that I will not repeat on this podcast you know there's fisting rooms there's just you know plain sex rooms I see rooms with people suspended from the ceiling and they're naked and I it's it's just it's a lot to take in. I finally make my way into the room that looks the most um my speed. And it's just, you know, people all over the place. Probably like 30, 30 guys, just like fucking. Um it's the most crowded room, but it's also the room that looks the most safe to me. <laughs> um and I go in there, chef is in there, he's pounding some guy out. Um he's a top, I guess, or versatile. And hands-free, just, like, standing up, and this guy's, like, doggy style, and they're just, like, banging it out. And he's looking up at the ceiling. He looks down and looks at me, and he's like, you made it. And I'm like, here I am. And he said, you could probably change into something a little more comfortable. And I take the hint. Being around this atmosphere with all these guys everywhere and just seeing, like, the bodies and, like, the, the sounds and the smells... I'm starting to get a little bit aroused despite the fact that I'm crazy nervous. And I'm like semi, semi semi-chubbed when I remove my robe. And so I'm hanging like a good maybe nine inches and everybody stops, like it was so awkward. Like everybody stopped and like looked at me. I was like, nothing to see here guys. Like keep, keep doing what you're doing. And some people come over to me. One guy in particular I noticed from the opening ceremony was the MC. Um, And he has this British accent. The little name tag on his hand says MC on it. Um, And he's like, hey, you must be new here. And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, who did you come with? And I pointed at the chef and I said, the baker. (laughs) And he said, He's always had great taste. And he said, come on, I want to show you something. And granted, like, I'm not confused. I'm not confused about what he wants to show me, especially because he barely looked me in the face and was staring at my dick the whole time. So the MC takes me down to his private quarters. Um, It's not super fancy. It's this sort of dark low lit room there's a simple bed in the middle of the floor um it's probably like eight feet by eight feet it's a complete square a complete square there's no headboard or anything like that and shortly after a couple of his friends come in and they're like we've been watching you And he said, before we begin, let's come up with a safe word. The only safe word that I know is pineapple. So I'm like, pineapple. (laughs) And he's like, are you okay with this? I'm not really okay with it, but I'm curious. And he produces these straps and straps me to the bed. My feet, my hands. And I'm on this thing like butt naked. And him and his two friends go to town, sucking me off. And they are very skilled gentlemen. Each of them are very skilled. At one point, the three of them are making out over my dick. And I'm just like going crazy. This is more stimulation than I'm used to. And I am just in awe. He pulls out a condom, rolls it on top of me. And they each take turns fucking themselves on my dick. Like I'm just a sex toy. One's riding me. They'll get off and rotate the bed and the other one climbs on top. And they just proceed to fuck me. This goes on for like an hour or so. I have no real way of keeping track of the time. It felt like a very long time. Um, And we all, we all got off. When we were done, he untied me, and he hugged me and kissed me. He was like, thanks, mate. And I was like, not a problem. (laughs) It was fun for me. Honestly, it was. I'm not usually into this sort of thing, but I kind of surrendered to it, and I had fun. I was still uncomfortable with—there was a lot of stimulation going on, and I was— I just needed some air. So I went back up to the deck of the ship. Everybody's still in this thing, just fucking each other's brains out. Um, I go back to the deck of the ship, and there's a group of guys out there who I recognize from porn, and I go and introduce myself to them. And they are so friendly and so nice. And they're like, it's it's funny because like there's they have no like boundaries. They're like, ooh, check out, check you out. You should do porn. and I I would laugh, and it was just, I don't know, it was so cool, I, okay, maybe this is why people like going to like nudist beaches and nudist colonies or whatever, like there's just another way of being when everybody's naked, there's like, there's a whole barrier of secrets that just don't exist, and it opens you up to so much more, I thought it was pretty cool, I had fun, and they were so chill and so down to earth. And I got to talking to him and one of the guys said, you know, we'd make 25 grand doing these parties. And I was like, to pay you 25 grand to do this? And he's like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's decent work. It's better than being on set. Um, the food is great and we have fun we went to the pool we ended up going into the pool and just kind of like playing around i mean honestly like me and these guys were like became like besties right away like we were laughing and having such a great time um and they were telling me like about their work i told them about my work um they're like oh you get to work around the really hot guys and i was like you have no idea um but anyway yeah we were having such a good time and you know they were telling me like about Different aspects of their line of work. Especially about like escorting and stuff like that. And they were like, you know, if you're ever interested, maybe you should give it a try. Now, I don't think I would ever do it. I'm, I'm, I think I'm way too skittish when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but it was a sweet offer. I loved, I loved how they would like just laugh so freely And they would like kiss me on my cheek and they would grab my dick and stuff. And it was just, it just felt like, I don't know, just felt like a new level of like camaraderie. It was so fun. It was so fun. Um, They also told me something that I was kind of like, ooh, about. Um, When they come to these parties, yes, they're eye candy. They're the eye candy. But also too, they get auctioned off. And like, there's a private auction that happens and they will spend the night with one of the guests and you know they have their their time with a porn star i honestly had a great time i met new friends i had some pretty intense sex um and it was it was fun it was fun you know like i said intimacy is more my thing but there's an intimacy in surrendering as well and it just worked out. Um, I slept surprisingly well, especially being in a, a, a new place. And the next day, you know, people were still fucking and doing all that stuff, which was cool. Um, I didn't do anything the next day, though. I just kind of hung out. And when we dock and we get back off the ship and we get like our phones and stuff handed back to us, I get we me and my new friends, my new porn buddies, um, we all exchange numbers. You know, they live in the area and they're like, you know, let's hang out sometime. And I was like, absolutely. I would love to. So we finally get off the, the boat and I get my phone back. And when I turn it on, it blows up, right? Um, I'm getting all kinds of messages and things. And most of them I just ignore. Um, a lot of them are work stuff. Um, and it's not nothing super important. Most of them, what Most of them I ignore. But I noticed I got a few text messages from Caesar, and I was like, oh, so after I drop the chef, after, you know, me and the chef part ways, I, um, and I get some time to myself. I call him up and he's like, Hey dude. And I'm like, Hey man, what's up? And he said, nothing. I was just, um, calling to see if you are texting rather to see if you want to, uh, hang out. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, why not? He said, cool. um, Maybe maybe I'll pick you up this time. And I said, it sounds great, man. And at the same time, I have this like sinking feeling in my stomach. You know, I've been on this boat for like a day and like I kind of have a little bit of like motion. Like I can feel the ocean still. But that's not what this is. This is definitely like, I don't know, a tiny sense of dread, I guess. And I tell him, hey, one condition. He's like, what? And I say, sometime during the day, sometime while we're hanging out, I need you to tell me, Dick will not fix it. He's like, what? And I'm like, yes, I just just want you to say, he's like, dude, you're so weird. I said, will you say it? And he said, fine. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to be hanging out with Caesar later.